Hello everyone, and welcome back to Looking Looking, the only daily news podcast with me, your host Amir Huggins. Today we'll be discussing how Trump has suggested he wants to pardon himself. Um, President Trump has openly discussed the possibility of preemptively pardoning himself and his children, uh, the adults, uh, after the takeover of the U.S. Capitol by rioters. Now, the New York Times reports that two people with knowledge of this discussion verified that the president had raised the issue in recent days, and it's never been attempted before by a president, and it would be questionable by legal experts. Um, They disagree that it's possible to unilaterally declare himself above the law leaving office. Um, But at the same time, the Times reports that Trump has openly uh, talked about the possibility of the Justice Department controlled by President-elect Joe Biden launching investigations into him and his family uh, following his departure. Now, yeah, Biden probably would, you know, try and find out more about, you know, Trump's dealings when he was in office and yeah they probably do want to find that man guilty of something for all the harm he's caused this country over the years so I can't say you know for sure that he won't pardon himself and I can't say for sure that he will um, but he definitely wants to if you know They're going to come after him. He wants to make sure that he's protected. And um, there are people that want to, you know, prosecute the president. And some of them are even Republicans, which is his base, you know. So, uh... You know, the White House did not immediately respond to a request for comment on the Times reporting, but the president issued a video message late Wednesday urging rioters to be peaceful while expressing his support for their disputed beliefs that the election was stolen by Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. So, some of the president's allies, including Fox News, Sean Hannity advised him to try and pardon himself before he leaves office. Um, Hannity says that the president out the door needs to pardon his whole family and himself because they want this witch hunt to go on perpetuity. Perpetually. Perpetuity. In perpetuity. Which is an interesting way of saying it. But, uh... Yeah, they want it to go on perpetually, and saying that there's so full of rage and insanity against the president, um, which isn't wrong. So, President Richard Nixon, you know, was granted a pardon uh, by his successor Ford after the Watergate scandal, and... uh, The Justice Department issued a memo back then finding that a self-pardon would have been unconstitutional after Nixon 
was reportedly considered a similar move. So, sounds like Trump's not really going to be able to do it, but uh, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, says that the president would face a potential second impeachment by the House should Vice President Pence refuse to invoke the 25th Amendment and remove him before the end of his term. Such a move would also be unprecedented unprecedented in U.S. history. In other words, um, he'd be the first president to be impeached twice. So yeah, there you have it, folks. Trump, Hannity, you know, a few other notables are trying to make it so that Trump gets away with any wrongdoing that he's committed so hopefully um, that situation resolves itself quickly and I won't be talking about it again on the show because honestly I don't have the time or the energy to keep talking about this man it's been four years I'm extremely excited that I started this podcast on his way out and not on his way in because it would have made the last four years sort of miserable for me uh, because I would have had to cover so many things that he was involved in uh, and not necessarily for the better. So it's great that I'm going to get to report on these stories with a better administration in place. I mean, it's yet to be seen if they're actually better, but um, I'm pretty sure we all have the same expectations of them, and they hold them on themselves as well to be better than their predecessor. So yeah, so that was the justice of the day. The peace of the day is how... um, how will we govern super powerful artificial intelligence because the artificial intelligence uh, can you know eventually be to the point where they have you know super robots and just death machines on death machines on death machines sort of like Terminator you know Uh, and it could lead to total war or total peace or total extinction like there it's dangerous you know you have to really get it right when programming these artificial intelligence because if you make them too smart they'll try and overrun you and if you don't make them smart enough then they won't be able to accomplish their task so it's a very you know tricky balancing act that they're working on but anyhow So, conscious artificial intelligence has been dominating the future of humanity already. Um, People have been discussing it day in and day out. People have been working on it, trying to be the first company out with it. You know, everyone wants to be the first when it comes to conscious AI. Um, It may not be the most pressing issue we face today, but it certainly is 
you know, uh, going to generate wealth, and it could help with, you know, all those young men that go to war. Uh, you'd be able to replace them with a machine if, you know, they were able to, you know, create this device that would be able to recognize, you know, civilians from an actual threat and understand the laws of war, you know, not to kill civilians and everything of that nature. Um, it, it, it's, it's may not be the most important thing, but these comp to these companies it is. And with thoughtful systems and policies in place, humanity can unlock the full potential of AI. Uh, with, you know, no consequences and drafting an AI constitution is the new suggestion. And it is said that that would provide the opportunity to learn from the mistakes of past structures to avoid future conflicts. So just like the American Constitution is used to make us better, what we end up doing in return is making it better as we develop our minds and ourselves and our world, we turn around and make the Constitution better. So that would be the same concept for the AI. And you know, just building a framework for governing it will require us to get past you know, um, our differences and our interests so that society as a whole can benefit from AI, um, you know, for the good of humanity and minimal harm. It's, it's really exciting, and I would just like to play a little video clip uh, from Big Think. Uh, I think this will give you a little taste of what is going on in the AI realm. AI is likely to be a permanent transformative general that changes virtually every aspect of society, the economy, politics, and the And this is just the beginning. The issue doesn't come down to consciousness or will AI want to dominate the world, or will it not? That's not the issue. The issue is, will AI be powerful, and will it be able to generate wealth? It's very likely that it will be able to do both. And so just given that, the governance of AI is the most important issue facing the world today, and especially in the world. AI is likely to be a profoundly transformative general purpose technology that changes virtually every aspect of society, the economy, politics, and the military. And this is just the beginning. The issue doesn't come down to consciousness or will AI want to dominate the world or will it not? That's not the issue. The issue is will AI be powerful and will it be able to generate wealth? It's very likely that it will be able to do both. And so just given that, the governance of AI is the most important issue facing the world today, and especially in the coming decades.
My name is Alan Defoe. I am the director of the Center for the Governance of AI at the Future of Humanity Institute at University of Oxford. The core part of my research is to think about the governance problem with respect to AI. So this is the problem of how the world can develop AI in a way that maximizes the benefits and minimizes the risks. So why is it so important for us to govern artificial intelligence? Well, first, let's just consider how natural human intelligence has impacted the world on its own. In many ways, it's incredible how far we've gone with human intelligence. This you know, human brain, which had all sorts of energy constraints and physical constraints, has been able to build up this technological civilization, which has produced cell phones and buildings, education, penicillin, and flight. Virtually everything that we have to be thankful for is a product of human intelligence and human cooperation. With artificial intelligence, we can amplify that and eventually extend it beyond our imagination. And it's hard for us to know now what that will mean for the economy, for society, for the sort of social impacts and, and the possibilities that it will bring. AI isn't the first technology that our society has had to grapple with how to govern. In fact, many technologies like cars, guns, radio, the internet, are all subject to governance. What sets AI apart is the kind of impact it can have on society and on every other technology it touches. So if we govern AI well, there's likely to be substantial advances in medicine, transportation, helping to reduce global poverty, and help us address climate change. The problem is, if we don't govern it well, it will also produce these negative externalities in society. Social media may make us more lonely. Self-driving cars may cause congestion. Autonomous weapons could cause risks of flash escalations in war or other kinds of military instability. So the first layer is to address these unintended consequences of the advances in AI that are emerging. Then there's this bigger challenge facing the governance of AI, which is really the question of where do we want to go? The way we structure our governance of AI is crucial, possibly to the survival of our species. When we consider how impactful this technology could be, any system that governs its use must be carefully constructed. There are many examples where uh, society has stumbled into very harmful situations, World War I perhaps being one of the more illustrative ones, where no one leader really wanted to have this war, but nevertheless they were bound by the structure of their system in a way that led them into this conflict. So this is what I think we need to worry about. It's an incredibly hard problem. You don't want to make overly hard rules at the beginning because that can overly bind the future. Right? You want to allow the future to have their own freedom and also to improve the institutions when they have more information and are, say, better educated. So recently I've been reading up on constitutional design. I'm fascinated by this phenomenon of humans coming together and articulating what's the framework in which they want to live into the future. So this is something I'm thinking about because I think we're at a new constitutional moment to, as a collective, come to an understanding about what are the futures that we don't want and what are the futures that we do want. Humanity has this wonderful opportunity that we haven't had throughout history. That opportunity is the chance to decide what our future can be. If we overcome our sort of parochial differences and interests and recognize that 
We are at this rare moment in history when humanity has enough commonality, we have enough common vision that if we want, we can build something together, a shared institution for the future. Get smarter faster with new videos every week from the world's biggest thinkers. So, you know, be wary of AI, but be excited for the possibilities that it could bring. And then finally, we have our partnership of the day, which is Tim Tebow and Torn Wells, as they partner to release a song called All God's Children, written to raise support in the fight against human trafficking. Torn Wells is a Grammy-nominated artist, and Tim Tebow is a, you know, uh, athlete, both strong Christian men. And Tim Tebow is now a news or a sports personality, anchor, broadcaster, you know, and any all the streams from the song, all the proceeds from the song will go towards, you know, combating human trafficking. It's a beautiful song. I listened to it. I'm going to post it online as well as place it in the last few minutes of this show. It's a much shorter show today than usual, but I feel as if there wasn't much to say about these topics. They're cut and dry. You know, this is a beautiful partnership, you know, coming together to stop human trafficking and then the peace of artificial intelligence and their war machines uh, is also, you know, something that needs to be on our minds, just like human trafficking and just like Trump trying to pardon himself as our justice of the day. So, you know, stay in tune, stay in God's grace, stay blessed. I will be around and I'll be back. This is the Looking Looking Podcast. Good night. She's all alone in the shadows The depths of her soul gone shallow Her body for sale like merchandise The scarlet letter of the red light Father died at the hands of a cruel disease Mother cried as she tried to find food to eat She was traded for change as a slave Hasn't even turned 13 we still all God's children made in His image Perfectly loved, worthy of freedom All God's children made in His image Perfectly loved, worthy of freedom Are we still, are we still all God's children? Need the news to legitimize it No turning away, no choosing silence I've got to respond to what I've seen 
If it's the reason that your heart beats Two eyes open, see the truth for the first time They move 10,000 hands to reach your life Start a chain reaction 40 million times Or 7 billion of us, but we are all God's children Made in His image, perfectly All God's children.